Oh yeah. Hey. It's time for episode nine of the Late Bloomer Podcast. I'm putting some distortion on my voice. Time to rock it out one more time. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. On the guitar, we have Space Liberace, also known as Alex. That's the sound of his cup. He drinking that drink. And I'm drinking water too. Well, we got some Morgans. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Captain's orders. <laughs> we got guitars. We do got guitars. We got... I, guitars. I should have hooked up my keyboard, too, so I could play along. <laughs> we should do that in the future. Right. But uh, here we are. Episode uh, 9, I think. 9 or 10, I can't remember. I think that if 10 hits, then that's, I'm going to call that season 1. I'm going to do season 2. But, uh, yeah. Here we are. It is Sunday, August 2nd, 2020. A lot of shit going on, man. Trump is going to uh, postpone the election so he could be king of, uh, of the United States. Not going to happen. <laughs> Why do you think um, it's impossible for him to do this? It's not, it's not that it's impossible. I mean, you could delay an election. It's never been, never been done. You can delay an election, but you, Congress has to vote on that. The president can't just decide... Yeah. You know what, fuck it, I'm going to hold off on the election <laughs> that I'm running in. <laughs> right. Well, um, so that's not happening. But uh, And we also know that what else isn't happening? Um, Kanye West running for president, that's not happening. <laughs> that's definitely not happening. I mean, he can run, he's not going to win. Right, right. But um, that's, his, that's his choice to make. But uh, then we got Joe Biden. Yeah. He's kind of doing his thing. I mean, he's Sorry. winning a little bit. He's kind of beating Trump just a little I mean, bit. He's, he's definitely got a lead on Trump. I uh, Obviously, I don't feel like many people are that enthusiastic about Joe Biden, needless to say. <laughs> no one's like, oh, fuck yeah, Joe Biden. Right. But at um, this point, you know, you're looking at Trump and then you're looking at Biden. And I don't think I don't think it takes much to uh, make make a decision there. Uh, obviously, you throw Kanye in the in the race there, <laughs> it gets a little gets a little questionable. Maybe right. you might start thinking twice. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, who else are you gonna fucking vote for? Harambe again? Oh, like, Harambe no. was dope, man. R.I.P. to my nigga Harambe. Rip, rip Harambe. Um, yeah, please, <laughs> please, people, please, nobody, nobody. Write in Harambe or any other <laughs> dumb bullshit in uh, November. Right. Actually, let's talk before November because um, mail-in voting is probably gonna gonna be the key here. A lot of people don't want to vote. You don't have to in stand person. in line. You don't have to stand in line. You don't have to wait for ten hours. You don't have to risk getting infected with COVID nineteen. And um, it, it's just generally when more people vote, when more people have access to vote. You know, the people's will is shown and not, you know, the, the will of the 40 
idiots in bumfuck nowhere uh, who wanted to vote for Trump because he said some racist shit they liked in 2015. <laughs> so I don't know, please man. Vote. I'm really, I'm really pessimistic about whether or not Trump is not going to have a second term. I just don't see it not happening. If it doesn't happen, then I'll be surprised. I mean, I said I'm at that point where I just don't have any hope that Trump is going to lose. So, you know, I was one of the people when Trump was running the first time. That around the time, you know, early on. It was just kind of like, oh, he can never win. How how could he ever win the presidency? Right. Uh, then he won the nomination, and I was like, oh. And then he kept going, and then I saw how much people hated Hillary Clinton and the way people were behaving online. Yeah. And it started to get really worrying. And um, come November, it looked like enough people voted for Trump that uh, mm-hmm. he won the presidency. With swing states and you know, the, the help of the Electoral College, which is another subject entirely, but um, I think when more people vote, yeah. especially in states like that matter, like Wisconsin, right. uh, states that Hillary Clinton lost in 2016, that uh, can swing both ways, and just Trump happened to win them last time, I think a lot of those states, um, particularly places like Michigan, voted for Trump because they felt like he was an outlier, and they yeah. felt like they wanted something new. And for whatever reason, they felt excited by Trump. Now, obviously, these are a bunch of fucking white people because uh, obviously somebody like me is not going to be excited by the man who announced his candidacy and said that Mexicans are rapists and and drug dealers and murderers. And that some of them, he assumes, are fine people. So, you know, you ain't going to fool me with talk about reforming reforming the government and... I think people have seen over the last four years that a lot of his talk was bullshit about yeah. like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drain the swamp and I'm the outsider and I'm going to change Washington. Yeah. I mean, how many people he fucking fired that were trashed? It's just like, man, draining what swamp? What are you talking about? Not even about? people that uh, he fired because they were trashed. People that he fired because they wouldn't, you know, play by his game. His rules, yeah. yeah they yeah. wouldn't play by his rules or they went against him in some way. Yeah. Or they said something against him and then they get axed. Man, it's just it's just a mess, man. It's just a fucking mess. And I I honestly will do anything that I can to not have to talk about this shit. <laughs> I promise. No, it's you. important to talk about. It. It's important to talk about. It. Yeah. This is, this is real events. This this affects everybody. And what happened last time is nobody talked about it enough. Yeah. And look where we are now. Now we have no choice but to talk about it because yeah. of where our uh, complacency left us last time. See, I wasn't able to vote yeah. in the last election. Um, I am now, and I'm going to vote. I think anybody who can vote should vote. Yeah. If anything you've ever seen in the last four years about this man has upset you in some way, and you, you have the capability to vote, I, I think you should. Yeah. Because it's on you if this man is president again, because you didn't do anything right. you know, when it mattered, or, or because you didn't want to talk about it when it mattered. Yeah. Yo, R.I.P. Herman Cain. That's crazy, yeah, bro. Yeah, rip. Rip. Um, I didn't really like that guy. Disagreed with a lot of shit right, he said. Right, but I mean, he was still a dude, man. He had family, and I, I think that a lot of people time. joking on him, you know, dying was kind of in poor taste. I'm not going to lie. I shared Definitely. a couple, like, this Definitely. is ironic, but I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, this nigga died. <laughs> right, and I think that's another, you know, important thing to talk about, given where we are right now with recent deaths, people like John Lewis, who've passed, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's important to look at the way we talk about both these people. Yeah. Specifically when it comes to our political affiliation. Um, 
and obviously John Lewis is a much different person than Herman Cain, right? And has a lot more legacy attached to him. Um, but obviously, it's sad when anybody dies. I mean, somebody died. Like, right. I understand that there's some a lot of political tension right now, but please, like, I just don't like right. the please whole clown that somebody. Please died. don't celebrate people's yeah. deaths. People. That, that shit is tacky as fuck, dude. Like, oh, like. You know, with the you know, you know how Facebook has the laugh um, react, right? They laugh reacting to this dude dying, like bro, yeah, it's a little, damn. it's a little tacky. I mean, First of all, like I, as much as we might hate his politics, he was still somebody that represented. Like he was a black entrepreneur. He had his own business. True. He, he, you know, actually got pretty close running for president. I mean, it's pretty remarkable for somebody like him who has no political background to be able to grow in that market in that in that field. And so, regardless of his affiliation with Trump and what he felt, I mean, he was still somebody that was kind of, sort of, like, upstanding in a way where he's better than me. I mean, I ain't got no business. Like, the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> On top of that, you know, also just kind of goes to show you this this whole, the whole virus situation, the pandemic, uh, COVID-19, obviously doesn't care about your political affiliation, about your race, about your, you know, status and wealth, yeah. anything like that. Anybody can get it. And um, obviously, when you show that kind of complacency and just um, disregard for the for the pandemic and and the precautions, you see where it can get you. That man is dead. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's not funny, but that man is dead because he didn't take that shit seriously. Right. You know. Right. He he decided he was going to show up to an event crowded with people indoors, and he was like, "Fuck it, this shit's not real." Damn. And now that man's dead. It's not funny, but it goes to show you that's. That's what fucking happens when you treat something seriously like it's a game. Yeah. Like it's a joke. But I'm not going to lie, man. It happens so fast that I kind of am sort of like, I don't, like, I'm, I want to get down with it. I want, I'm, I'm a thousand percent sure that it's a real thing. I'm for it. I think that's our pizza. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me go grab here. that shit. Okay. Keep, I'll keep, keep talking. It'll keep be talking. easier for me to get it. Okay. Well, I'll continue then by talking that, um... I, I think it's really important, if you can see me on the camera, now that I'm unobstructed view, that uh, you, don't, you don't take this lightly. Obviously, a lot of people are kind of complacent with the idea that, you know, you won't get sick if you get it. I feel like I had it, um, and I don't, um, I don't think it's very safe to necessarily just assume, oh, well, I'm not going to get sick, so I'm not going to get anybody else sick. I'm well past the point of, um, you know, being contagious at this point, and I just did a lot of self-isolation, staying inside, um, just because, you know, not getting other fucking people sick is a little more important than me going out and having fun at um, at a bar or something right. or going to fucking Applebee's right. or whatever. That that can wait. While yeah. I think that I've been, well, I thought that I was sick. I think it could wait that I go out to eat or that I see people in a public setting or anything like that. So obviously, you know, if you have to go out for groceries or something, you got to go out. But, right. You know, you can't treat these things like, um, like it's a game because it's yeah. not. People are fucking dying. Yeah. And then, like I was saying before, the pizza guy started like knocking like the police. <laughs> Why is it that everybody this black that I know, if someone knocks sort of like a little bit aggressively, like, damn, y'all sound like the police. Every time, without fail, I do pest control. I'm always out knocking on people's door. If I do a little, you know, they go, "Damn, you thought you was the police, bro!" Like, like, like. Yeah, when I did maintenance, I made sure to knock and I'd, I'd scream, "Maintenance!" I'd be like, <laughs> da, 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 "Maintenance!" How many people said, 
Yo, you sound like I thought you was the police. How many people said that shit to you, dog? Um, come on. Some people, but I always scream maintenance, so they know I'm not fucking police. <laughs> um, hold on. I'm gonna pizza just yet. I'm gonna. Oh well, fuck it. Yeah, if you're passing me the pizza. <laughs> right, I guess I pass will. the pizza. Oh, shout out to Racist Pizza for trying to um, reclaim their. Uh, there. Shout out Shaq by bringing Shaq on, <laughs> or bringing Shaq on that 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 evens everything out, right? It's no longer racist pizza now. Cause Papa Shaq's John's forgive John Schneider hashtag forgive Papa John. Papa bless. <laughs> Papa bless. Papa flex. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so it happened so fast. Yeah. That um, it never really kind of like set in how serious it was. And so I'm not like saying, oh, it's not real. We shouldn't be cautious. But I am saying that it's really difficult to adjust to that so quickly. So I had a little bit of trouble taking it seriously because you have to understand, um, I'm 30 years old. And we've seen all kinds of crazy shit since we were 30. Sure. Since since, since we were young. Um, Every three, four years is a thing that blows up. I'm not saying that these things aren't real, aren't significant, aren't important, aren't actual things that happen. But, you know, I just... I, I never was like you know really crazy whenever these things happen. I mean, I could run off a list. I had H one N one, bird flu, swine right. flu, Zika virus, um, Ebola was a big thing for a long yeah. time. Everyone was talking about it. So, it, 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 excuse me for kind of being a little you know skeptical because every couple of years it kept happening over and over well, again. There's one. There's one big factor a lot of people are missing. Then, uh, if you're thinking about this, is that. Um, we didn't have Donald Trump as president for every one of those other viruses. Right. And not to, you know, just to be like that guy, I'm going to blame the president for everything. But come on. The, he fired the fucking pandemic response team set in by the last administration just because it happened to be by the last president. Um, and I'm not going to get into that. But, I mean, obviously the guy will dismantle anything from the previous administration for whatever reason, um, he thought it was a good idea to axe the pandemic response team, which would have been a great help, you know, because given that they planned, they planned for uh, scenarios just like this. But he got a new homie. His homie, um, what's her name, Doctor? Um... <laughs> oh, the the semen demon lady. You have to understand that hydroxychloroquine is a cure. She's a fucking nutcase. Shit's fucking ridiculous. I, and you see, I'd seen people like sharing that shit like seriously. Seriously? Yeah, no, I, I saw somebody sharing that shit and they, it was like on their Instagram story and it said like, this came down moments after it was posted, spread the truth. Like, yo, you gotta stop fucking, when you see something on the internet, just because it says, oh, spread the truth, you, the government doesn't want you to know. You gotta stop falling for this shit, man. This what shit if, is cap. What are some of the other things that she believes that is true? Something Look, about. I'll be honest with you. I didn't entertain that shit for more than like two minutes on TV when I saw it. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know okay. what this woman was saying outside of that. She said, "Yeah, hydroxychloroquine is is a cure," and she was saying that the CDC is like lying about uh, case numbers. And all sorts of other shit. Just no, no, no. To... Doctor Stella Emanuel. That's her name. Okay, Doctor Stella Emanuel. But um. No, there were some other things that she believed. Look look it up. Tell tell me about it. Something about how there were, like, lizard people walking around and how we were getting filled with demon sperm. Hold on. (laughs) Demon semen. Hashtag demon semen. No, no, no. Hashtag semen demon. She said that she's treated a lot of patients with hydroxychloroquine. 
Ooh. As I predicted. As I predicted. All right, hold up. We got to fix that. I tried to catch it, but it uh, was kind of out of my range. It's, uh, it's on your head. It's under you somewhere. It's right there, under you. Yep. Look, look warmer. There uh, you go. How did that happen, bro? Um, you, I think you might have hit it. I think it's a mixture of it not being secure well enough and a mixture of it being held up by fucking duct tape. <laughs> look, I'm going to make some kind of, of uh, some kind of like rig where it'll, it'll work. I'm just going to get into the mic stand. I, I could have brought my mic stand, you know, that, that would have worked out too, I think, if I'd brought my mic stand. Oh, well. I have a working mic stand. Okay. So I tried something new. I, I didn't have a mic stand, so I taped the microphone to the damn ceiling, and it didn't, it kind of like gave way. This so. was not my idea. Let's make it stop moving. Okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? Okay, so let's see what Stella Emanuel believes in, because she's a crazy person. She said something about lizard people. Yeah. Look, if somebody starts talking about lizard people, I just immediately tune out. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking start listening. When, when you start talking about... When you get into the territory where you're like, lizard people and Illuminati and shit, I'm like, all right, shut the fuck up. I don't, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to you talk about what shit you saw on YouTube, all right? <laughs> Yo, people be saying they did their research. <laughs> I did my research. I, I did four. Look, YouTube I did my own research. You do yours. That's what they always say. That's the the, the fucking rally cry <laughs> of somebody who's not done any research. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to find it, man. Okay. Um, damn, man. Okay. This racist pizza is hitting too. She said that there's a that, that people are using alien DNA to treat sick <laughs> people, which. Resulted in human beings being mixed with demons. <laughs> then she said that coronavirus conspiracy is pure fabrication. And that other targets of her anger include gay marriage, which she said would result in adults marrying children. Right. She was born. Right. That's enough. <laughs> the, so at this point, if you're listening, you, you probably gather this woman is full of shit. Um, She's crazy. Yeah, and this is a woman that the president retweeted. <laughs> no, he retweeted um, something else, too, that was like, what the fuck? Um, that man is cat. That shit is cat. Stop that shit. Stop Stop boosting that shit. Cat. Just, just keep it off. I don't, I don't know what to do about it. You know, you, there's people out here. This is, the, this is the age of, like, misinformation. Is um, Now more than ever, you got people... Spreading false facts, false information, you know, claiming it as facts. And um, you have a president who has kind of built this entire faction based on the idea of don't believe anything you hear. Believe everything that I say. Believe the weird shit you hear because that's what's up. And this fucking is dangerous. And obviously most people, most reasonable people see that shit for what it is. But for the people that don't and the people who are, you know, disillusioned and... Um, well, sorry, they're they're just kind of fanatics for you know this what, man. Alex, you're fake news. <laughs> the people who are fanatics for this man um, are in this hole where they will believe whatever he says, even if it's straight up fucking wrong. This man could, uh, you know, he wasn't lying when he said he could walk out on Fifth Avenue and 
shoot somebody and he wouldn't lose a single voter. He he wouldn't. He wouldn't. They would all just cheer and say like fuck yeah. That's 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 who his uh, fan base is. What do you think but about um Enough about this man. I don't I I'm I'm feeling a little negative now. What you been listening to, man? <laughs> what I've been listening to that West Side to? Gun? I haven't been listening to the West Side Gun album. Um not since the West Side Gun and uh what was the other one? The one with the Virgil Abloh cover. Um, um, the one that where like waves like yeah that. that's tight that's tight hell yeah it's a tight album um, great album uh, it's it's definitely different than what I'm used to um, I really like like pop music pop music what, what are you listening to like shit that's like slappers and it's like uh, it's like it's either like you've been some, listening to the new Lady Gaga album no you fucking try uh-huh. uh, stuff that's like you know like street esque. But also has a pop appeal. So tell me why you went, why why you ain't listening to Takashi Six Nine. Takashi Six Nine, number one artist in the entire world. Trash. Oh my god. Trash. Takashi Six Nine, number Are you one. Dumb. Number stupid, one or dumb. Number one superstar in the entire world, beloved by children all over the world. He's the new Michael Jackson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. He is. Don't don't listen to this guy. He's trolling, man. Nah, he is. Takashi 69 could be out in the streets. People just run up to Takashi 69. They'd be like, oh, it's 69. The world loves Takashi 69. You can't stand it. You're He's so a mad. Meme. You're so mad. Listen. You're I'm so not... mad right now. He's trolling. He's um, so fucking mad. Look. He's trolling. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I've been into. Like, if it's either, like, really good R&B or folk, soul, or disco, <laughs> or, like, some uh, ultra vintage shit, that's what I've been liking. We should, make, we should like, do some disco shit tonight. Hell yeah. Um, or just, like, some shit that's, like, uh, rap, but it's it has pop appeal. Okay. Um, I, it's just what I've been gravitating to lately. Um, you probably fuck with some shit I've been listening to lately. I should, I should put you on some of that shit. I've been listening to a lot of film score... A lot of Italian film scores. Um, Are you trying to figure out how to um, score some film yourself? I mean, I've always been into that idea. I always wanted anybody got some short films you want me to score, hit me up. I've done some animations, like scored animations. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that good. But other than that, I, I like film score, and I'm really into Italian film score horror shit. Uh, I was listening to the score to Cannibal Ferox. Um, it's an Italian movie. Really mm-hmm. fucking violent. Cannibal Frog? Yeah, yeah. There's another cannibal movie I like. It's called Cannibal Holocaust. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Love the score to that by Ritz Ortolani. Italian composer. Probably getting a little esoteric, but I really fuck with Italian horror scores. They're crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to get another slice of pizza. I, I, I ain't going to talk about Italian shit. Yo, I'm eating more pizza than you, and I wasn't even hungry. I mean, I fuck with this shit. It's the racist pizza. You got to be able to taste the prejudice in the crust. Mm. All right? Papa John's was in the... <laughs> Papa John's was in the kitchen, fucking cursing up a storm, talking about his stock losses or whatever the fuck he was. Every bowl of dough, he whispers into the bowl, <laughs> into the dough, so then he rolls it in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Yo, did you see that new Beyonce visual? Mm-mm. I feel behind. Because I haven't. But I'm just be straight up with you. I haven't. Look, I haven't I'm gonna seen, cap. I haven't seen the whole um, show, Black is um, King or whatever. But I have seen the uh, video. What's it? What's it about? 
Is it like a conceptual video? No, it's like, just like the blackest shit you ever seen, dog. It's like Africa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Niggas is like like 10,000 black dudes like surrounded by Beyonce doing African dances. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers with That's face wild. paint. That sounds up crazy. Up in trees, dancing. Like, it's wild, dog. That's crazy. I like that shit. I like, uh, I like the, re- the more recent, just hardcore embracing of like the African imagery, mm-hmm. all that type of shit. I think that's just dope. Um, I feel like a lot of that shit kicked off, you know, when you had shit like Black Panther getting really into the fucking, like, actual inspiration with the uh, African, um, um, just the dressing style, the, because they took influence, um, from, you know, real, just real tribes and what they would wear, Mm -hmm. and they kind of just mixed it up, put some outfits together, it's really cool costuming in that movie. I think that doesn't get enough credit. I think she won an award for it, get enough credit. She yeah, won an award. I don't award. think that movie gets enough credit for the costuming. No, no, the that costume designer won an award. Did it? Yeah. It was a, uh, an Oscar, wasn't it? I believe so. I have to double check. Well, definitely deserving of it. That, that shit was wild. Alexa, who won best wardrobe for Black Panther? Who won? For... Sorry, I'm not sure about that. That's a terribly worded question. Um... Alexa, how many Oscars did Black Panther win? Black Panther has won three Oscars out of the seven nominations it has received. Winning categories include Best Costume Design, Best Original Score, and Best Production Design. Best Original Score. I suppose that doesn't include the soundtrack, which would have included that great... uh, Kendrick Future song. That's not the score. I know, that's not the score. That's what I'm saying. The score wouldn't include the soundtrack. But that soundtrack was dope. And so the soundtrack that Beyonce did for Lion King is in the same vein of that. It's very African. It's very is it? Afrocentric. Yeah. She did the score? No, no. It was like a, they did had the did... score and then they had the little like album, you know? Oh, they did their soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. I honestly I didn't watch that movie, the John Favreau uh, Lion King. I didn't watch that shit. Yeah, but still, the album called um, The Gift... Okay. It's a fire ass album. It got mad dope records. It has my favorite ones like Water. Um, That's for the for the Lion King album. Yeah, it has Pharrell on there. It has um, Wiz Kid, not Wiz Kid. Um, what's the other guy? Burner Boy. It got like all these African artists. It got <laughs> you know, some real dope shit. I, I, I know Jay Z was into like uh, soundtracking for a while too. Yeah, he'd done um, what's it called? He did the fucking... I remember he did the soundtrack for the, the fucking The Great Gatsby movie, the remake, the Leonardo one. Yeah, uh, he'd I remember done the, He'd done the soundtrack, because I remember they fucking had Age to the It's yeah. in that fucking shit. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was watching funny. that movie, really caught me off guard, and then I realized, oh, yeah, Ho was on this shit. Right. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But no, um, uh, Alexa, what is the track list for Beyonce The Gift album? Here's something I found on the web. According to consequenceofsound.net, Spirit, the album's lead single and song of Spirit. the week, that was a serves big song. as the closing track. Okay. Okay. So we got so, the closing track. Yeah, the closing track <laughs> is Spirit. You got that one. And then, of course, they had like uh, some bumpers from the movie, like Akuna Matata, shit like that. Really? In the, from, the, like, from the classic movie? No. Like from they the, redid the song? The new one that, that Seth Rogen sings with... Uh, so they redid the Akuna Matata song with Seth Rogen? Yes. And it means no worries for the rest of your days. He's not a really good singer. Um, I'd have to imagine he's not a very good singer. <laughs> um, but he did a good job. They held their own. They held their own. Seth Rogen be laughing. Right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. 
Mine wasn't good enough. Don't don't <laughs> don't double down on it. Right. Um. But yeah. So I, if I'm not mistaken, right, the Black is Beautiful soundtrack is pretty much that soundtrack, the gift, but with visuals added to it. You think Brown it's similar? Skin Girl, a bunch of other records, huh? You think it's similar? I think it's the actual songs from that gift album. Oh, for real? With visual form, yeah. Because I've been listening to that song that they put out for a long time before she made the video for it. But I've, I haven't been too into Beyonce's catalog, um, really, to be honest, outside of like the, the classic, like the Destiny's Child shit. I'm not going to lie. Um, I kind of just like was there around whatever was happening. It was almost like you couldn't escape the Beyonce stuff, but I wasn't like, oh my god, you can't Beyonce. escape. You can't escape, you know, hearing about Beyonce or anything <laughs> like that. I'm obviously not like a huge Beyonce fan, yeah. given that I'm not too into her catalog. I can't, I couldn't be. Um, I'm a Beyonce fan. I like Beyonce features. I like Beyonce in general. I really, I think my favorite Beyonce uh, anything is probably the hook to lift off the Watch the Throne album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> Taking my coat off. Yeah. Showing my tattoos. I'm such a show off. <laughs> so, um, this has been this huge thing online mm-hmm. where anytime that a black dude cries, it's a rap. He's a meme. Period. Yeah. Period. Seems like it, yeah. Um, and someone posted something that I thought was interesting. It was basically like, um... People say that black men should be more emotional, show their emotions, but when they do, they're memes, and they showed all the pictures of the memes. Yeah, I think it's really <clears throat> trivialized, and obviously I can't speak much to it. I'm not black. It's not like I know what it's <laughs> like to be black and like, you know, have um, an emotional issue and then be taunted for it or whatever. But I, yeah. I obviously you can speak from the, I can speak from the angle that like you know, there's like. Well, there's many different angles to it. Obviously, there's like the the, the toxic masculinity angle. Other yeah. men are going to look down on you just for being upset or being depressed or crying or whatever. And that's just, you know, it's toxic bullshit on the part of other men kind of putting you down, which is just really beating another man while he's down. But yeah. it's kind of fucked up on the end that you're doing it. Kind of, I feel like there's this... this Social, socially like acceptable stigma that you you know on on black men yeah. that you can kind of make fun of them for this shit because it's like oh well you're you know you're tough anyway you know yeah you're you're tough you can take it or you know it's all jokes or uh, I mean it just kind of seems like in general it's not taken seriously because it's perceived as like oh well you can take it you know yeah which maybe in some sense you can because. I would have to imagine as a black man, there's probably a lot worse shit than being made fun of for crying going on in the world. But at the same time, if you're at a point where you're fucking crying or something, you're obviously fucking in the shits like mentally. Yeah. So, and emotionally. So it's just fucked up in general to put somebody down while they're already, you know, going through it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's something about just images of people crying in general especially strong men big men that's kind of funny i get why that would be funny i, I you know i kind of find like the jordan meme kind of funny because it's like a bald guy and he's yeah. kind of just like you yeah. know he's looking yeah. kind of funny and it is a little funny the picture but, but um, at the end of the day it's like for, like when we're talking about like the will smith thing for example yeah i honestly don't think it's that funny yeah 
I don't think the picture is that funny. I mean, yeah. So really, it's people laughing at the situation. It's people yeah. laughing at him, right? Right. Which I guess isn't any really better. It's not really any better. It's just, yeah. just as fucked up. It's not really fun. I have to imagine Will Smith is not uh, is not does not like as lighthearted about it as everybody else. But fuck it. I mean, it's Will Smith. That's that's his thing. Yeah. That's that's. Um, I don't know how he feels about any of that. Yeah. I'm not going to assume. I didn't like watch any of their interviews together or whatever that stuff was. Yeah. All I can say is, you know, don't don't make fun of people for being upset or whatever. <laughs> it's fucked up. Don't yeah. don't don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Come on. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Do you think that um well, I don't think you have an opinion on that. But um I do know that it's just now becoming more and more acceptable for the black community to be open about therapy and uh, mental health uh, awareness and all that stuff. Um, what is the situation in the Mexican American community? Do they even address mental issues? In- I think it's pre- I think it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, I have to imagine it's pretty similar across the board for people that aren't white. You know, uh, when you're not white and in this or let's just say when you're not uh, in what we would call like a a privileged social standing. Right. So maybe it doesn't have to be about race. Maybe maybe it's like um, just the, the more disenfranchised people. Yeah. I have to imagine it's pretty similar. So I can't I can't say it's got it's any different. Yeah. You know, mental issues, mental health issues aren't taken as seriously. Uh, emotional issues aren't taken as seriously. And I've seen a lot of talk about that too, because you know while you're saying it's being more embraced for black people to seek mental health help, uh, you know pursue their own emotional health that sort of thing um i've seen a lot of talk in terms of other races as well which just kind of goes to show all across the board people are kind of looking at these things with a more open mind um in terms of these things are just important right to 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 people you know and at the end of the day obviously we if, if you're not a racist then you know you know your race and your nationality and your religion religious background whatever None of these things have anything to do with how you are as a person, what you're going to be like, et cetera, et cetera. But the cultures that we come from do breed, in some cases, really uh, toxic environments. Like, you know, for example, in, in a lot of, you know, homes of people of color, things issues like mental health issues aren't going to be taken as seriously, unfortunately. And I just think that comes down to um, how we talk about things in in the open, which for the longest, I think, you know, maybe wh- I'll go ahead and say it like white people, I guess, um, and just more privileged people um, would have always kind of been the focus of that conversation. Yeah. Of the conversation of um, get mental health, um, see a therapist, that type of thing. We kind of associate those things with uh, white people, maybe because they can afford it. I don't know. Do like, what? can I afford a therapist? I, probably not. I right. <laughs> but do we, are we at a point where it's like, Okay, let's say that someone... um, Hold on a second. Turn it up. Turning it off. It's too loud. Oh, no. What is he doing? It's too loud. It's perfect. Once somebody says the thing or they open themselves up in an open forum that, hey... I suffer from such and such, and this is my thing that I've been dealing with. Does that tie them to that forever? Like, are they ever going to be like, I'm better now. Everything is much better now. Everything is good. I'm doing much better. 
or is it? Are are they going to forever just be like, oh look at him, that's really great. I remember Pete Davidson said, you know, anytime that he's happy, it's an accomplishment for people that are around him. Oh, that's I'm really glad to see that he's doing good. Yeah, you know, I think that's the goal when you're talking about something like seeking help for mental health, emotional health. I think the goal should be that you want to get better. Yeah, but That's, I mean, like, the, I mean, are people going to tie that to you forever? No, forever. No, no, and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't have that perception that if you need help with mental health issues, with emotional health issues, with even physical health issues, that you're going to forever be tied to this one thing and that this is how people are going to define you and that, you know, this is what will define you after your death or. That's the legacy you'll leave behind is that you were the mentally ill person. Yeah. I think that's not the case because the the goal is to get better every time. Okay. And, you know, like I said, that applies to, you know, like if you if you get a, a terminal disease or something, if you get cancer and you beat cancer, I mean, obviously that's a bigger deal than, you know, getting over like a, a manic episode or something. But the goal is to get better. You know, the goal isn't to... To, to be remembered forever as the person who had cancer. You know, it's right. to but, be the person who beats it. Right, but, you know, I'm, I think that at this point she's kind of feeling, like, insecure about it because she's talked about how I mentioned it on different occasions and she was kind of feeling, like, kind of upset about the fact that I mentioned it in the manner that I did, so I'm not going to mention her name. But there's a family member that... <clears throat> um. One, the, the people around us often consider the crazy one, or she's often off, you know, off of off, or you know, whatever. We're gonna deal with her as she is, and and then I'm 30 years old. I mean, it's been going on most of my life, so I'm a, I would say very easily, you know, for 20 plus years, she's been uh, always been the one that people have to deal with. You know what I mean? And so she, there might have been lulls and periods of time where she was able to live normal and, you know, get an apartment and get everything in order and, you know, get money, get a job. But then, like, after a couple of years, she goes back into that cycle again. And so she hasn't really come out of it, like, without any fault or, you know, there hasn't been a, you know, ten, like a decade or more of a period where she's just, like, stable and everyone is everything is back to normal again it's always like you know when is it going to happen again you know what i mean right and i think you know in that sort of case especially if it's something that's like a chronic illness um it's important to remember that these people aren't their their illness you know these people aren't whatever it is that's affecting them in this way and that when that does happen and when they are trying to better themselves and get to a better place, I think it's important to remember that every time that happens, it's that's that's who they are. You know, they're, they're the person trying to be better, trying to get better. And if you happen to fall in a hole where sometimes, it, you know, you may seem like they may never come out, I think it's it's important to keep the perspective that these people are not their illnesses and that they need help. Um, you can't view these people as lost or too far gone or past the point of return, whatever you might say. I think it's, um, like I said, the goal is to get better, you know, from these things. And to not let these issues tie a stigma to people. Because like I said, you know, you have to move past the point of considering mental illness uh, a, an issue with just such stigma. Um, just so so taboo to talk about. You know, like just the fact that we're even talking about it here just kind of shows 
how um, stigmatized this issue is. Nobody really wants to talk about it. And when you do, it's a really like, uh, like no, I'm going to gonna back out. Uh, no one wants to hear about it. It's really uncomfortable. It's really tough to talk about, especially if it affects you personally or if it affects you individually. Then you might feel uncomfortable talking about your vulnerabilities out in the open. Um, but it's important to recognize them. And to recognize that, you know, like, like I said, these people are not their illnesses and that you, the goal is to get better. You have to try to help these people. If you're not the person who is suffering from the mental illness and there's somebody in your life who suffers from mental illness, you have to encourage them to get better. And sometimes people are not going to be the most accepting of that. Yeah. You can, there's, you can see cases of that everywhere, right. like the case of Kanye where people want to help them and they don't want the help. And that's a really troubling situation. But, you know, nobody no, nobody ever said mental health is a, or mental illness is is easy to deal with. Well, one thing that I hear a lot in the people, like, because I, I, I work with a uh, transitional housing program and a lot of people are ex-drug addicts, ex-alcoholics, whatever. Sure. A lot of these um, NA, and NA or AA companies, like organizations, they preach this idea that if you're an, if you're an addict, you're always going to be. Caught Seriously, it. bro. I caught it that time. Seriously. Okay, are you just going to hold it in your I'm hand? I'm just going to hold Because okay. I wanted you to jam again. I'm holding it for now. Fuck it. All right. Um, damn, I can't believe that happened again. Hey, programs. Can you just keep going with it? Can you just keep going with it? Their, their thing is that if you're an addict, you're always an addict. And you equated the uh, mental health uh, treatment to cancer treatment because there is a moment where you're in remission and you no longer have any signs of cancer. Sometimes, you know, yeah. some, this is not always the case. Right. It's, it's not a, an exact parallel. Right. But what I'm saying is, is there an actual cure for these things? In There's some cases where there's issues of mental health that there's just unfortunately not, you know, a, a cure or an exact solution. Let's There's a lot of uh, issues Alexa that... Says. Alexa, is there a cure for schizophrenia? According to Mayo Clinic, schizophrenia requires lifelong treatment, usually guided by a psychiatrist experienced in treating the disorder. Medications that... Alexa, be quiet. Symptoms are- Alexa, <laughs> is there a cure for bipolar disorder? According to Mayo Clinic, Bipolar disorder is treated with medications to balance your moods and psychological counseling. Treatment also may include education and... Alexa, be quiet. If you abuse drugs or... Alexa, shut up. You may need substance abuse... Shut up, bitch. (laughs) Alexa, be quiet. Why does she listen to you? Because she's trained to listen to my voice. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, a lot of these issues, like schizophrenia, before Alexa cut me off, (laughs) is that... um, they're going to require lifelong treatment. Lifelong treatment. Lifelong okay. care. And this, this is the thing. This is the thing. Is these mental health issues, some of them, you know, you don't have them from birth. Some of these things occur in life, later in life. Yeah. And so, so do some shit like cancer. You know, you you can't decide when things like this happen. But if these things require lifelong treatment, you, you, you just got to fucking deal with it. You can't view these things as like you got to throw this person away now, you know? Right. When you have a child, if that child is a special needs child and you're told that kid's going to need lifelong care, 
that's that's what that's what it is. You know, you're not gonna fucking throw the kid out, are you? No. Unless you're a piece of shit. Right. But that's that's what you are if you throw somebody out who's dealing with a mental illness too, just because you know, I don't want to deal with that. It's difficult. Yeah. Fuck it. Go brat. Right. right. It's 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 a it's abandonment on a certain level. Um and obviously on as well, some people can't bear the weight of dealing with something like that. Yeah. And for some people, for their own mental health, they have to exit that situation. Um, But I'm speaking from the perspective of like, if this is somebody you really care about, who's suffering from a a mental illness, then yeah, I mean, you you can't view this person as being the illness that they have. That's just never the case. That's not really the case with anything like that. Right. So it's... so when you might talk about like you know where we're going now culturally in terms of talking about this sort of thing it just needs to be kind of known all around that um mental health issues affect everybody yeah and it's not different it's, it doesn't doesn't matter who you are you know it can it can affect you it can happen to you yeah falterize says that um you need to uh find out what your triggers are or what their triggers are if they have a trigger and just try your best to avoid it so that they don't get trapped into it. And you know what? I'm not going to self-diagnose, but I can say that there's been long periods of time where I could say I might have dealt with so what would what might be classified as depression because I just, you know, oversleeping, lack of uh, enthusiasm, lack of energy, uh, not caring about anything, not wanting to leave my room, that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, that's definitely for a long period of time. Too. And I'm, I've kind of just been trying to avoid talking about that. But I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm, well, not obviously, um, obviously <laughs> to me, I've been kind of going through my own shit. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm trying not to let it affect me too negatively. I don't sleep much, though. I don't really go out much. And as I said, I thought I was infected with COVID-19 recently. Mm-hmm. So I stayed very, so- I've been fucking isolated, you know, haven't seen anybody up until the last like week or so. Yeah. And, um... It's just it's it's been difficult, um, but more difficult it feels like to talk about it because on one hand you feel like who the fuck wants to hear me bitch about right. whatever the fuck I'm right, going through, right. and then on another hand you think all right I don't want to bother this person who I like with my problems right. and make them feel like now they gotta listen to me right. and now they gotta fucking worry and now they gotta be uh-huh. like oh you okay right right <laughs> and I don't want to. I, I fucking hate to be the burden on anybody's back and be like the, oh, are you okay today? Yeah, yeah, are you yeah. feeling better? I think that that's where the therapist comes into play. They're the person you can unload on. They're the person that you can... You can... <laughs> Look, they cost too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. That's why therapy is important, right? Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like um, that is that is a social thing. It's like you, you, you become a burden to everyone because every time you talk to somebody, now it's yeah. time for you to talk about all your problems and they got to listen to you. And I have a friend who, you know, pretty much is like, if, if, she, if anyone um, asks her to speak, like, hey, um, I want to talk about something. I really need to get something off my chest. She says that if she has the time, she will entertain it every time. Every time. And uh, I can't... As of late, I'm also a very passionate, compassionate person. I also care about people. I want to hear people's problems and try to see if I can help them come up with some kind of a solution. But after a while, 
um, at this point, I kind of just like shut off most people. When I start noticing that they're talking about like their problems and they're trying to like confide in me, I kind of just like find a way to get out. I used to really be interested in people's problems and helping them. And as of late, I just been kind of selfish in that regard where it's just like, um, you know, what's the thing that they say? Damn, that's crazy, bro. All right, man. Um, you know, I don't feel like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I generally will listen to anybody's whatever the fuck they're going to tell me. If they feel like they can tell me, obviously it's because they trust me. I'm not going to make them feel like shit and be like, I don't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, on another hand as well, you know, if you're dealing with your own shit and you've, you're dealing with enough on your own, yeah. there's nothing wrong with backing off and saying, yo... I got, I have, yo, like, I gotta, I gotta do me for a second. Like, this is a little too much for me. That's not unreasonable to tell somebody that you, it's a little overwhelming what they're putting on you or anything like that. Um, there's somebody that, like, I have an example that came up today. Some dude that kind of just came to live with one of our neighbors. Um, you know, he was hanging around and I was, and I kind of in passing said, oh man, I gotta mow the lawn. He said, I'll mow it for you. How much you want me to do it for? I was like, shoot, man, whatever. Like, what you what you want me to do? I'll do 15, 20, 25. I was like, whatever, dude. Like, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll give you 25, 30. So I sent him $30 cash app. He did the lawn dope, right? He got my number, right? Yeah. And uh, I guess he's a rapper or something. Like, I don't want to talk <laughs> shit about it. Nobody. He might be listening. I, I don't know. The point I'm making is um, I, I'm just not really, like, feeling like taking on any projects as far as rappers or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I'm not trying to deal with that, but then also like, okay, he must have some kind of like disconnect with social, um, uh, boundaries, you know? Sure. Definitely. Cause he texts me, Hey, I got to talk to you about something. And then he texts me again. <laughs> oh man. Uh, can I talk to you about something really important? And then like text me again. All right, well, never mind. So I called him. He's like, well, I'm the kind of person that like to talk to people in person about this type of stuff. But uh, I was just trying to see if you could hook me up with $40 so that I could get my thing for the, bro. I just met you dog. Yeah, so it sounds, like, it sounds like at this point, he's just trying to use you, yeah. trying to get some shit out of you. You got money. You're willing to give it to him. Will you loan it to him? That's what he's thinking. So that's where I got to, like, stop. I'm not going to give you money, even though I might have That's money. not unreasonable. Yeah. It's, just, it's not unreasonable. Something's unusual about the way that you're able to just jump into uh, asking a stranger for money because you think they might have the opportunity to do that for you and thinking that that's your only option and that if you don't get this uniform or whatever you need for your job that um, you know you're not going to be able to get your job but I mean there's all kinds of ways that you could do things and I feel like you know I, I shut it down I just was like oh man sorry I wish I could help you but I can't but I can help him but I feel like this somebody said something uh like you know the whole teacher man the fish bullshit like that <laughs> like if you want to hustle and get this job you got to find a way to get that $40 bro well you can't you can't enable the behavior of like re- depending on other people yeah so in that case you know you it's, you could argue that you did him a favor by being like well you know get it on your own um without just kind of giving it to him cuz otherwise he'll he, you know you kind of learn by pattern asking work let me keep asking yeah that's but how, I, but that's I also you, feel yeah. like there's something there. Like, I'm not trying to diagnose people all left and right, but there's something that's disconnecting. Well, already, just from what you told me, issue. just already yeah. from what you told me, not to sound judgmental, but I kind of, in my head, just assumed, like, maybe this guy's either got an addiction, yeah. 
Yeah. Or he's homeless. Yeah. Or he suffers from a mental issue. Um, those are like possibilities. It's based on what you're telling me. Right. Those and are these possibilities. Um, need help. I want to help these people. Well, they need help, but the kind of help they need is is psychological help. They don't need help Somebody with money. To give them money to do right. something. Yeah. That's not what they need. They don't need help with money. Maybe and you know, not to say maybe he does need help with money. Like he has financial issues too, probably. Yeah. yeah. But his his issue mentally will not be solved by giving him money. Right. And um, there was times where I was like struggling financially. And I have to, you know, keep on like making ends meet the best way that I can. Go donate plasma, do what I have to do um, to try to make, you know, to try to get some extra tra- scratch, sell something, whatever. Um, but that me asking somebody that would be the last, like the dead last option. Like, oh my gosh, there's absolutely no way I have to ask somebody. There's no other way. Yeah, I don't really ask anybody for money unless I like no one can pay them back yeah. or like. And, and it has to be like within the next few days. I'm not gonna fucking make it to where like I'm gonna forget about it and then just never hear from me again or something. Yeah. Um, but I would never just be like, hey, yo, 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 I really need like sixty bucks right now. Like, yo, can you give me sixty bucks? Right. Like, no. First, right. first, I know if somebody asks me that, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, here's sixty bucks. And so, second, I'm not gonna do that to anybody else. Yeah. But when you get to a point where you can or you are asking some people things like that. It's because, you know, you have some sort of issue going on and it's more than just a financial issue. Right. Like you either have a, a drug addiction and that's that's a mental issue. That's a mental health issue. Yeah. That's drug addiction is not a criminality issue. Yeah. As much as people want to pretend like, oh, you're doing drugs, you got to go to jail, you or it's the drug dealers and maybe it is the drug dealers giving it to them, but that's not the root of the issue with this person. This yeah. person has an addiction. But I love and my that's a mental health issue. I love my train of thought. I was saying that there were times when I didn't have money and I was struggling financially, mm-hmm. right, to keep things going. And I literally, that was tied to my emotions. I tried to say, oh, capitalism makes us feel that if we don't have money, then we're not worthy of happiness and blah, 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 blah. And I can preach that shit all day. But if, I, if my bank account says, you know, $200 or $100 and there's no extra money and I, and I know that something is due, I'm, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be physically uh, sick. I'm going to be mentally sick, and I won't be able to m- feel happy about things because my. That says a lot more about our society requiring you to have wealth to live in comfort. Yeah. If you, the society you live in requires you to have, uh, in some cases, an unrealistic amount of wealth to live in comfort, then there's something wrong with the society you live in. Not necessarily just your work ethic, or this or that. But and a lot of these people, obviously, that are in positions like that are homeless. Not every person that is homeless has, you know, earned their place there. Not every person who's homeless got there because they made bad decisions. Some some shit is just a matter of circumstance. But yeah. these issues, um, at the end of the and the issues that these people deal with yeah. are mental health issues. Yeah. These people are, you know, you can't you can't solve, especially when we're talking about things like drug addiction. Yeah. You can't solve issues of drug addiction. By locking people up, these are not an, these are not issues of criminality. Yeah, one thing that I noticed was that I had to be in that world for a long period of time. I didn't know if I had to be in that world, but there was just some things that just caused me to be in that position. And um, I was amongst the people that were in that world. You've probably met all sorts of different people. Yeah, I mean, I was living in Peachtree right. and Pine homeless shelter, which is defunct now. And I'm sure, I'm sure you saw people. Who came there from every different angle. Yeah, but the one thing that I did notice is that once I started progressing forward, right, 
five, ten years after the fact, I would go back to those same areas and see the same people doing the same thing. And those are people that are unfortunately are stuck in a cycle where they may, may never come out. Like I said, this is a mental health issue, but these are people, you know, you don't, you don't live as a homeless person for five years consecutively because that's what you're happy doing. And you don't live there because you just uh, you couldn't think to do put get a job or something. That's a mental health issue. Yeah, you're not there because you're fucking lazy. You're there because there's 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 something wrong with you and you need help. I started talking about this last week about how the system, as I watched it, was not designed for people to get out of it. It was just designed to keep people in it so they can keep on generating right. that money. Well, you can see in other countries, and you know, this is going to get into the territory where certain certain people of a certain uh, flock of ignoramus may just blanket call you like a socialist or a communist or whatever. Right. But you look at other countries, and you see what it looks like when your government gives a shit about you. You don't got people in fucking Norway who are homeless on the street just fucking begging for cash. Right. My girl in Norway, she 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 doesn't have a job. She's like 21. She lives comfortably in a nice home. Um I'm just looking at that. I I've I've been kind of just getting a glimpse into what the life is like over there in another country. Um and I I just think like that's what it looks like when your government gives a shit about you and doesn't let you rot right. when you don't when you don't make a certain amount of money. Right. I think that the thing is this, like, it's just that the government is, 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 is appropriating the funds in a weird way because it's like this. Oh, very, very, very weird way. <laughs> right. Because it's like this. They won't, they, they won't uh, help a homeless person, right? But then there's government money specifically made, uh, allocated to helping homeless people. And right, then right. They, and they, they don't, and there's not much, there's not much... Going there, and then you look at how much money we spend on the military. Yeah, I'm per year. You, per year. Yeah. I Alexa, how much money does the U.S. government spend on the military per year? Ask Alexa. Here's something I found on the web. According to factsanddetails.com, military spending of the United States is four hundred billion dollars a year. Four hundred billion dollars. Alexa, how much money does America spend on homeless reform? Here's something I found on the web. According to dailypress.com, the mayor said he wants to spend $348 million on fixing streets the during mayor. the fiscal year the that starts what? July 1st, up from $312 million. Alexa, be quiet. Alexa, how much does the federal government spend on homelessness? Here's something I found on the web. According to citynews1130.com, by 2022, the Fed's plan to spend $237 million to address homelessness, which is double the amount that was allocated when the Liberals first took office. <laughs> she's, a, she's a Democrat? <laughs> MAGA. Okay, um, but yeah, uh, that's so, crazy. So billions of dollars on wars, hundreds and thousands, hundreds it was of hundred, of It was 200-something billion dollars for homelessness. Four hundred billion or million? It said million. $400 billion for the U.S. military per year. Wow. Now you gotta, you gotta, kind of um, put it in perspective how yeah. much money that is. It's it's so easy to say four hundred billion. Yeah, it's a lot harder to understand how much money that actually is. 
Yeah. That's more money than you could ever fucking imagine spending in your lifetime. Yeah. That's more money than you could ever fucking hope to spend in your lifetime. You could spend all the money you've ever wanted doing whatever the fuck you want. I don't think you would spend $400 billion wow. in your entire life. So here's one thing that I noticed too. Okay, so these, these government assistance programs or these people that are helping the homeless that run shelters... They, they don't need your ID. They don't need your information to prove that you're there. All they need you to do is sig- to file your s- signature when that's you good. enter into the place. You sh- that should, that's what you should be able to do. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So they have all these empty, these lost souls, these faceless people, and a, and a book full of signatures that they deliver to the government, and then, then, then they get government funded. Right. So in, in some cases, and I'm not too familiar with how those places work, I would have to imagine just given the way homelessness works, is yeah. especially in like Atlanta where it's really bad I'd have to imagine it's not that we're using all that money to end the homelessness and especially when you look at the housing market and you see how much it costs to buy a home to right. rent a home right. anywhere in this area this place isn't isn't built for homeless people to um, climb out of that hole right um, unfortunately the hole when you fall into poverty um, and especially in areas like this, you're going to end up homeless. And then what happens? You end up homeless and you end up with a drug addiction. And then what? You end up in jail probably. And then you end up, what, on the street homeless again and then in jail again and then on the street again. And it's a really bad cycle that unfortunately fucking puts a lot of people's lives on on hold. Right. So what I noticed was that the, there, there are some organizations like the one that I know of that uses the government money and the grants from outside sources and donors to just start renting out apartments in uh, sure in these apartment complexes. Oh, what you doing? I just found you. I found you. We're, we're live right now. Oh, damn. I'm looking at us right now. Liveception. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they would use that money to buy apartments and then they would collect like a small fee from each client to uh, maintain the apartment rentals, stuff like that. Hmm. I mean, I think when we're, when we're talking about things like government housing, um, there should be more focus on not making these things necessarily affordable for people because the the issue here is, isn't that you know, it needs to be affordable. Obviously, these people can't afford it. They're homeless. Yeah. You know, I think the issue should be helping these people better themselves in a way that they can get a job, make yeah. an income, yeah. um, have resources, have a way to get to a job and back. Um, and that's another issue that I think is big here is public transportation. Public transport here is really bad. So I'm not going to sit here and be like... Um uh, a commercial or advertisement for this program. But I will say that they pretty much covered all the grounds. So they have a bus that will transport people to and from work. They have a job at a call center as a starting job for people who just like get started that will put them in automatically. They give them a, 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 a stipend so they can buy food. They give them access to the, the, uh, the thrift store so they can get new clothes or used clothes. And then they help them with counseling, physical training, mental health. So I'm pretty sure they're they're touching most mostly all the bases in this, uh, in this at this point. Um, and what is what is this coming? This is called Inspire N S P I R. Okay. 
outreach, and, and it's in, it's based in Gwinnett County in Lawrenceville. They're doing some some dope things, man. But pretty much what you're talking about is giving them access to transportation to a job. Sure. But yeah, in Gwinnett County, the buses, I think they stopped running at like 8 o'clock. Buses here suck. Um, and the they've tried are on numerous occasions to fund uh, expanding the Gwinnett County Transit, and they've denied it every well, they, single time. Well, they, every they wanted time. to expand MARTA so they could come here, and they don't want that because they feel like all that's going to do is let all the homeless people roam around here. But what the fuck do they want here? They... They, they, it's a, it's a moot, it's a moot point. Um, that would help a lot of people get to and from work. Right. It would have helped me get to work a while ago if I could take a bus straight to fucking Buckhead yeah. every morning. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck driving there. Right. Um, but that's not the way it is, and it makes transportation really difficult. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people, especially when you come from a more disenfranchised and less, just less fortunate, less yeah. privileged background. Yeah. These things are going to be difficult. I mean, there's a way. It just is it's very sparse, and it's like a long ride. And uh, I think it's like you can take a bus that transfers to Doraville, and the Doraville train station will take you to any place in Atlanta from there. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's kind of cool that you can start at that you know station and just get anywhere in Atlanta from there. But you can't really get anywhere else. And it's not like somewhere like New York where you can get in the subway and wherever the fuck you need to go, you can get there. Yeah. And you can walk there. Yep. Yep. In Atlanta, you got to get there and then you got to take a bus or you got to walk there and make sure the stop is right next to where you're at. Or you got to stop there and then take an Uber wherever you're going. (laughs) And for me, it's like whenever I get a chance, I'm riding the Marta. Like I will park my car and ride the Marta if I'm in Atlanta because I will not pay $20 for a parking space. When the martyr costs five dollars and you can ride for ten dollars all day or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. Um public transport needs to be fixed. It just needs to be expanded. Because that's that's something that's gonna help a lot of people. A lot of people that can't get jobs can't get jobs because they don't have a car. A lot of people could get to work if they didn't, you know, have to spend most of their income on transportation. Yeah. On lifts or something. Um But yeah, I mean there's just so much things that um like, I was talking about it last week. Like, I, uh, you come on vacation, leave on probation. Like, that's just, it's, it's, it's a cliche now. It's like a thing that happens all the time in, in Atlanta, in the South, in Georgia in general, in Gwinnett County. And it never occurred to me that when this thing was happening that my life was in danger. That there was a possibility that there could, it could have escalated to the point where I was killed. I, that, just never, that just never crossed my mind. So I'm glad that that didn't. It didn't get to that point, but damn. Yeah, I mean, it's not um, it's not a, a black and white issue. There's yeah. a lot of it's a very nuanced issue with many moving parts yeah. that need to be aligned to fix to fix these issues. And I just don't feel like um, it's overwhelming, man. I feel like people don't care enough about these issues because they don't affect everybody directly. But still, it's just like. The uh, care about the issue and try to do something about it. Okay, then what? How long is it going to take before something happens? Is it even going to happen? It's like it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating, but you know that's that's the thing is these things are a never-ending fight. The um, struggle to keep a better quality of life for people to to argue for that that's a never-ending fight. You're never going to get to a point where everything's peaches and you're never going to have to complain about a thing again. Even in countries where they do these things a little better than we do it, they have their own issues. Yeah. It's never going to be 
you know, the end of the line where you can say, congratulations, we made it. We made the world we a better place. It. We, we fixed it. We did it. We yeah. did it, guys. We fixed homelessness. We, and we did fixed it, racism. guys. We beat Woo! the bad guys. We did it. Cue the ending scene from uh, Star Wars Episode Six. So I guess that there's never a happy ending. It's that not we that there's have never ending. Fighting until we die, and then our kids fight until they die. Maybe their kids will see something eventually. No, I don't think it's necessarily that it's a. Um, it's never ending. It's more so that never ending story. I don't. I don't think the the. I don't think the the will for anybody who's just consciously a good person. I don't think the will for anybody who's consciously a good person to ever say we could do things a little better is ever going to go away. Yeah, that's never going to go away. It doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter how bad a situation is. You're never not going to have the movement or the start of the movement or the uh, remainings of a movement of people who say you can still do a little better. Um, That's just never going to go away. I mean, how long has the civil rights movement been going? Longer than than most people have been alive. And we're still, to this day, fighting for racial equality. Right. John Lewis just died. He just died. He was the last surviving member of that civil rights movement led by Dr. King. And he just died. And even he was saying, you know, I don't know if you listened to the last thing he said um, publicly. He gave a really moving uh, speech. He was talking about, he was just talking about how, you know, people um, people like George Floyd were to him what was you know like Emmett Till back in the day and that it's no different yeah so like I said it's not it's it's a never ending thing and it's never it's that that fight doesn't end you know to to do better yeah particularly when you're somebody like John Lewis who saw Emmett Till happen yeah and then you're you know I don't know how old he was 74 or something like that yeah and you still see like something like George Floyd happen you know yeah. That that's never gonna, that's a that's a never ending fight there. Wow. Wow. So, uh, you want to jam out to something so we can start? You know, we can this, <laughs> this this dark mood that we've created. It's not. It, look, it's. I think it's a. I think it's an optimistic. Um, it's an optimistic perspective. I think that people are never going to want. That people are never going to stop wanting to do better. People are never going to want to give up on saying that you can always do better, even when things do get better in the way we ask for. I don't think it's enough, um, just given the direction this country's gone in and has been going in for the last 400 fucking years. Yeah, and I think that if you if you want to talk about uh, fixing a system uh, overall that it's just going to take constant work and effort, I think that the same thing applies to us as people, like... You know, Definitely. personally, it's just going to, you know, we might have long periods of time where we do great and we feel great and things are going great. And then there's going to be a moment where we where we have to fight again. Definitely. And self-improvement is another thing that is never, it's a never ending thing. You're never going to get to a point where you decide, you know what, I've matured enough. I've grown enough. Yeah. I've learned enough. I'm a master now. I don't need anybody you know, you can only really begin to learn when you kind of realize there's no end goal to that. Mm. And that self-improvement 
is uh, there's no finish line. Damn. There's no finish line to that. You you can't stop becoming a better person. I fuck with it. Well, it looks like we just uh, breached another hour. We got another podcast in the bag. So, um, like I said, let's uh, let's close it out and let's uh, let's jam around and shit. You wanna you wanna hold on to this? You hold on. I hold on to this. I'm gonna go get my little Kahan bongo. We could jam a little bit. Yeah. I also got a shaker. I got me a shaker. Don't say that anymore. <laughs>
costs a lot more if you gotta pay for it. What the fuck, though? Uh.